Hello, you have tuned into Confronting Galala's podcast, where we engage in a genuine discussion with and for genuine folk. I am Taboo Winslow Morris, sole owner, founder of Triumphant Athletic Agency, author, producer, and podcaster of Confronting Galala podcast. Today's genuine discussion is about Black History Month. It's interesting. For a whole month, we get to think about our blackness. But what does black history mean to you, honestly? Do it mean that, you know, you have a month where you can be proud of your skin tone? Does it mean that you reflect on your heritage and what your family has been through? Do it mean that, you know, it's a reminder of the struggle you have every day living in your body as a black person or individual? What does it mean? Does it mean there's a card game out that talks about, um, I think it's actually called, um, How Black Are You? I played that game recently um, over the holidays um, at a Christmas gathering. And I was embarrassed at how black I wasn't. It actually made me feel really sad because most of the um, questions that was asked, it was, it's like a heritage game, actually, that if you haven't played it yet. It's a really good game. I think it's awesome for schools, um, high school, all of college, I mean, adults. It's really good because it had information in there about, um, t- about black Americans and then within our black history that honestly, I didn't know. So I, I pondered of what I wanted to talk about and I've actually waited till February the 28th, 2024 for this podcast on purpose. I don't, I didn't want to do the 29th because this is a leap year and every year we don't have a leap year. Leap year is only every four years. So I said, you know what? I want to do this podcast on this day because next year I don't want it to look like it fell in March. But I, like I said, I played that game with a group of individuals. Um, our team didn't win, by the way. And it was funny, before we started playing, I played it at my, at my god sister's house. And she said to me, Tab, you should get on that side because they need somebody young. I was like, okay. So I was, I believe I was the youngest out of the group on my side. And it was, I think we had nine and eight. And on the other side, there was a young lady on there that was in her, I want to say she was probably more in her thirties, early forties. And, um, (laughs) well, they won, say the least. Half of the questions I could not answer. All the questions that related to church, we all got. We got the answers. Bam, we can answer that question. Even to what some pastors actually always say. Excuse me. We could answer all of those questions. So what is it, what makes you black? 
I, I mean, I, this is like interesting to me. Now, I'm, I'm, I know that I'll have some people that will be offended by this podcast. I know. What you mean what makes us black? Um, but I'm doing it for a reason. There are all different cultures now that will say that they are black. That, you know, I've been around others that are not black American who call themselves black. So what does it mean to be black? Is it just the color of your skin? Is, is it about knowing your heritage? Is it about knowing where you came from and where you're going? Is it about the friends you hang with or the slang you use? Is it how you talk? Is it how you wear your hair? <laughs> and that's funny because if you ever have gone out of the country to Jamaica or any of the, um, any of the Caribbean countries and you see people sitting on the side of the road getting their hair braided of all ethnic groups, and then they come with the bees on the bottom. And when they return back to the United States, they got their bees and they proud that they didn't been to, you know, a foreign country or been to Jamaica or Bahamas or, you know, one of the Caribbean places. And they got their, they got their hair braided and it's showing they cool, right? But in the black community, that was how you did your hair so your hair wouldn't look a mess when you were younger. And I have now gone natural. So some days I wear afro. Somewhere some days I make my I wear my hair like kinky looking. And then sometimes I wear braids. And I have turned so many people's heads. The first day I walked in church <laughs> and took my hat off and had braids, cornrows. That's what we used to call them. We used to call them cornrows back in the day. And I mean, I got so many stirs. It's like grown women do not walk around like that. But yet we can, it's okay for us to put braids in our hair and put artificial, and wear artificial hair, wear horse's hair. It's okay for that, you know? But for me as a grown woman to want not to have to put the weave in my hair and just wear my hair naturally and braid it, I get people just turn and look at me like, are you crazy? So one day we had a, it was a professional development day at my, my job. And I had on my long level coat, my really nice dress coat and my fur fat fur, fake fur hat. And I looked sharp. I ain't gonna lie to you. With my coat on, I looked really good. Underneath my coat, I had on a pair of dress slacks. I had on nice, did I wear, I had on shoes that day, I believe. I had on a nice blouse, a button down blouse, and I had on a vest. I was very professionally dressed. And as soon as I took my hat off my head, I could feel the eyes on me. Like they were burning through me. Like I cannot believe she is walking around with her hair looking like that. And I'm 
like my hair is nothing wrong with my hair. I just I just braided it myself. I didn't go and spend sixty dollars to have somebody wash my hair and braid it with my own hair, and I didn't put any weave in it. But my hair looks nice. It may not look relaxed. It's not you know flowing where I can shake my hair and my hair like the wind blows through it like I used to wear it. But my hair looks nice. So. Does that make me black because I wear, you know, I wear cornrows in my hair? What else? Tell me, does a certain type of car you drive make you black? Is, you know, you got your, you know how people say, I got my black card today. I went, I got my black card. So if you got your black card, tell me what makes you black with having, you know, depending on what type of car you drive. You know, or what type of, where you go to get your clothes from. Do that make you black? So, I'm, I'm curious. This is a topic for me. And I waited until the end of Black History Month because I wanted to do something lighthearted, fun, and not too serious. I did contact somebody that I, I was going to consider bringing on the podcast for this month. But then I said, you know what? I'm not going to push that envelope because I really want to shed light on it. I want people, it's not, you know, (laughs) it's serious. It is really serious because as black Americans, we have been through a lot. We have helped our country a lot. We've gone through slavery. We've been misunderstood, we've been underrepresented, we've been, in some cases, we've been overrepresented by the wrong folk. Sometimes our own folk, you know, they wanna show that they can fit in an area and they don't wanna show that black card. So even though they were elevated to that role so that they could represent us, you know, they chump out. They want to pull their white card. Because, <laughs> you know, in my family, my, my, my siblings will tell you. I have one sister all the time that says, Taboo, you are so white, it's pathetic. It has nothing to do with me acting white. I don't act white. I'm just being me. That's how I am. But when we are elevated to a level to represent your culture, your ethnic culture, your ethnicity, then you should be comfortable in the role of representing us. Now, I had a job where I was told, and I was really shocked. I am not even gonna kid you. This was when I was in banking. And I was told by my my supervisor who hired me, who onboarded me, who recruited me, that the reason I was being hired is because they did not have anyone black in their division. And I was being onboarded because first of all, I met that quota for them. They could check that box. And second of all, they were trying to recruit black companies to come and bank with us. And the black community 
said, we're not banking with you because there is nobody there that looks like us. So guess what? Taboo got the job. I didn't know that until I onboarded. it. And I'm like, wow, you took me out of all white bank. Hmm. And my customers, I'm not even going to lie to you. My customers, probably 70% of them, maybe, maybe 60 at this point, about 60% were Anglo. 60 years old or more, older, was the medium age of my, most of my customers. Now, when I got there at that other bank, that bank was basically almost, that branch actually was about probably the 95% Anglo. <laughs> and as I was there, and as I volunteered in the community and people saw, oh, she's pretty cool. I can trust that sister. I can go bank with her. I ain't never heard of this bank before, but you know, I can't even pronounce the bank. But you know, I can go, I can, I can go over there with her. And I increased my, my minority base. So when I left there, I think it was probably, I know it was probably more close to maybe 60 or 70% Anglo and the rest was every other ethnicity. But when I got to this new bank, I was shocked. Now, let me tell you, on our team, there was every ethnic, ethnic group in the community represented on our team. So I know I wasn't the only one recruited that way because we had an Asian, we had somebody that was Latinx, we had somebody that was black, we had females, we had Anglos, we had, you know, I mean, from, from, from um, socioeconomic um, status, we all was different from even social economic status, even our, um, even our religion was different. We had, we had, we had, every, we had basically almost every religion on our group, I believe. Everybody wasn't just Christian. Um, we had, um, I believe we had some seven day Adventists. We had um, Jehovah Witness. We have, we had Catholics. I mean, we were a true diverse group of folk. So, but I was really taken back because I was onboarded because of my skin color. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is like deep. I, can she do, can they do that? I was thinking to myself, can they do that? Can she say that to me? Well, she said it and I had the job and it was a tall task. Because not only was I recruited because they needed to check that box and they wanted me to go out into our black community and bring them into our bank, but I was put in a situation where I was given Baltimore City and no one had had in our department, our division, had ever had a book of business solely in Baltimore City. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I've been in banking in basically white communities all my life. And now I, I'm being thrown in Baltimore City and I have to build my own portfolio. And I have to use my black card because that's really what I've been hired to do. 
And I was like, okay. But I can tell you, I represented us well. I fought for all of my customers, irregardless of their ethnic background. I fought like heck for my deals. Yes, I did. And I treated my customers well. And mostly, I can say, all of us did. And when we had to step up and represent our ethnic group, we did. We was not apologetic at all. We stepped up and we represented. And sometimes we actually had to rally around each other in our quest to success and to help our customers. So going back to that question, what makes you black? Is it the blood that's running through your veins that is tied to your ancestors that are um, wherever they're from? I mean, if they're from Africa, if they're from, if they're from Jamaica, if they're from, um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> if they're from, um, I'm trying to think. Any dark-skinned country, do that make you black? Now, February is Black Heritage Month. And it's Black American. So when I put that twist on there and say Black American, Heritage Month, how would you pass the test if you were had to play that game that I played? How black are you? Could you really, could you really answer the questions? I was embarrassed. I'm not even gonna kid you. I was embarrassed that I could not answer some of those questions. And guess what? That made me realize that yes, I am educated. But we don't do very well with passing our history down. So I really am happy about whoever, whatever company this is that have created this game. Because it brings, it makes you sit back and say, you know what, I need to, I need to know something a little more about this. And the one that was really interesting, I'm not even going to say it, but one of the questions it asks, because I don't want to give y'all the answer, it would happen recently. Some of this stuff was recent. It even had information in there about music lyrics. I was like, for real? I don't listen to that. I have no clue. And I'm like, my God sister told me to go over here and sit and help them. I did not help them at all. We truly lost. Yes, we did. It was no, it was no, um, no joking about it. We were bad. And I was the youngest. And guess how old I am? I turned 55 this month. I was the youngest on my team. And we failed that test badly. We even named ourselves, our names of our two teams had blackness all in it. I remember one group, I think they called themselves Black Power. That wasn't us. And I don't even remember what our group was. But we were like, when, when the game was over, we were like, Raha, black power. We pulled up our fists and we said, yay, black power. Y'all won, y'all represented us. To me, knowing your heritage, respecting what you've been through as a black American is important. And yes, this is taking black history a little very simplistic, but it's true.
everything we had in our communities, we fought for. Nobody ever gave us anything. We had to fight for everything. We had to fight to get on the bus. We had to fight to sit in a restaurant and eat with other people outside of ourselves. We had to fight to go to the public bathroom and be in a normal bathroom and not have to run all the way down the hall or to the other building like they did when you see the movie about the astronauts. We, you know, we had to fight for that. We had to fight for to go to school. I mean, they didn't want us educated. We had to fight for that. We had to fight for our freedom. We have to fight for everything that we get and do. So it's important for us not to take this month for granted. But what we do need to do better is we got to educate ourselves on our past, on our history. Now, everybody's fussing about you. I mean, on one side of the House, the Republican side, and some of the Democrats, I'm not even going to say, some of them as well, don't think that black history should be taught in the schools. And on the Democrat side, they always want to pay the, the blame game. But I'm correcting both sides right now. Independence, I don't know where y'all stand. But I'm correcting both sides. Yes, we do still need to teach black history and the school system. And it shouldn't be just one month of a year. It should be, it should be um, sprinkled throughout the school year. I mean, there is, in every subject matter, there is somebody of color, a black person of color, that have done something in that industry. Why can't the schools, not only public schools and private schools, but colleges, why can't you highlight somebody that doesn't um, look like you guys and share a little history? Yes, it is needed. Because as I said, when I played that game, I failed the test. So I'm kind of embarrassed. But I'm, I'm, I'm fessing up to it that I don't know everything about my culture. I don't. And that's sad. And I think it believes it goes all the way back to slavery, honestly. Because it seems like everybody else's culture and religion group knows everything about their history. But we don't. We don't teach our kids. We don't pass down history from one family member to the next. We let people die before we say, oh my God, I wanted to know that. When I moved back from Houston, Texas to Baltimore, Maryland five years ago, I reached out to one of my cousins and I found out that my great aunt was, um, had Alzheimer's and she, I thought she was not as far gone as she was. So I reached out to one of my cousins because I'm an author. And I really, I said to her, I said, look, I haven't found um, housing yet. I said, but I would love to stay with auntie and, you know, while I'm there, get some of the history from her 
about the family. And, um, and I can, you know, I'll put it together and put it in a book. I said, in, in turn, I will help take care of her until, you know, until I didn't know how long I would stay there, but I would help take care of her. And when I started working, I could relieve the lady that was staying with her during the daytime. I could be there at night with her. And it was selfish. It, it really was. It was selfish because I really, really, really wanted to get the history from her. This aunt was over 90 and I needed to get the history from her. And guess what? She passed before I could get that chance. She was one of our oldest family members and she passed before I could get that chance. That is what's missing in our black community. Our children don't really understand the shoulders that they stand on. They don't really understand how it feels to go somewhere and not be respected. The first time I, I felt that I was discriminated against, I didn't get that experience until I went off to college. I went to University of Maryland Eastern Shore for two years, straight from high school. And I was out in the community and I went into a store. I don't, at this point, I don't even remember the store that I went into. But I went into a store and the people, the woman was like, really not nice. <laughs> and I was so upset because I had never experienced that. I grew up in Baltimore City. I had never experienced prejudice in my life. I was like, oh my God, this is how it feels. I got back to campus and I called my mom. I was so upset. I was like, mom, this is what happened to me at this store. Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, Tab, you know where you are. I was like, but mom. She was like, Tab, you know where you are. But that's not a good answer. We shouldn't have, we should never be able to say to our students, you know where you are. Or to your kid, you know where you are. You shouldn't have to say that. Not in this years. Maybe back then, but not now. That is not acceptable. That is not acceptable at all to say, well, you know where you are. And sometimes, you know, I have to check myself. So, what makes you black? A black American is your heritage. It's your we have all shades of black. We have so, 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 so light that you could pass for white. We have dark as the streets and it's beautiful black. We have brown and chocolate. We have, we have a rainbow. So it's not just about your skin tone, okay? It's about your heritage. It's about loving who you are inside. It's about being proud and putting your head up and not slumping over and being ashamed. It's about standing on the shoulders of all of those individuals that helped us get to this day. I went to, for the second time, I attended 
the the um, Republican Party National Committee's um, Trailblazer Award, which is given to Black Americans, and they this is the last this year was the twelfth year of it. And did I know anybody being honored? Nope, I sure didn't. But anytime we get an honor, we should support each other. Period. Sometimes we don't even like the folk, <laughs> you know? They're like, uh, oh my God, they're black, they're Republican, are you kidding me? No, uh-uh, not happening, I'm not going to that, Mm-mm. I'm not supporting that. That is not how we should act, period. Because believe me, the shoes they walked in, we probably would never want to walk in those shoes. It takes a lot just to be black. <laughs> it takes a lot to be black. And to be a black American, let's put the, the second set on it, to be a black American, it takes a whole lot. Because even today, in 2024, even now, sometimes you sit and say, well, I know where I am. Are you black? Do you know your heritage? Or do you just know your name? Do you represent us well? When you're asked to lead? Or do you accept that role and then you forget who's behind you? Who you might need to pull up? Or instead of pulling them up, are you pushing them down? I'm the only one that needs to be up here. I'm the only one that needs to be here. I don't need nobody else like me in here. Is that what you're doing? Because... In my poem, Trailblazer, you know, a trailblazer leaves a path. The path should not get weeds in it. It shouldn't, they shouldn't grow over, you know, six feet (laughs) before somebody else be able to go through that path. But we also shouldn't get mad at that brother or sister that made it up there and who's trying to make room for us. We shouldn't be trying to pull that person down. We should say, okay, I don't have much, you know, to help you with, but I can give you support. This is, you know, stand on this shoulder. I I mean, I don't have a whole lot, but You know, I can support your effort. Because one day, I'm hoping that I might be up there with you. And that, to me, in Black History Month, is priceless. It's priceless when we can pull each other up, irregardless of your ethnicity, 
well, being black American, not ethnic, being black American. I'm talking about black American now. Irregardless of your social economic status, your religious um, beliefs, your 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 um, political um, ideology, your your address, your demographics of where you live, your car you drive, what school you graduated from, irregardless of all of that. We should be proud to be black and be okay with it. And we all look different and we are proud to be black American. I don't believe I would have had some of the trials I've had in my life if I was black American. I don't believe I would have had some of the triumphs in my life if I had not have been black American. But I definitely know that my journey has helped others. And I know that I have a journey in front of me that I don't know what God has planned. But what I am proud of is my heritage. I am truly proud to say I am a black American. On this April, I mean February, not April, on this February 28th, 2024, month of black heritage. So when you hear somebody say, Did you pull your black card? (laughs) You'll know what that means. When you hear somebody say, are you representing us well? You know you need to. And if somebody call you on it and say, bro, sis, you know you wrong. You know, You, you, you could have did better to represent us better. When they call you on it, accept it. Say, okay, Lord, I know that you've given me this opportunity to represent. And I'm here to represent black America. And I need to represent us well. Because when you look back down that path, there better not be no weeds. If you were a true trailblazer, there should not be no weeds. Now, sometimes we might have to put some hedges around it. <laughs> you might, you really might have to put some hedges around to protect yourself, but there should not be weeds. Okay, Black America. It is our month, and on tomorrow, Leap Day, it'll be the last day for this year of Black History Month in the books. 
but try to learn something new about our, our black history. Every month, try to learn something new. And if you can support a black business, a black business owner, do that. Every so often, if you can, do that. Then don't just support them because they're black, but make sure they're black and good at what they do. I'm going to say that. Okay? And if you could help one of our black children, do that. Even if it's just a kind word. Even if it's to say you are beautiful today, you know Don't say beautiful today, just say you're beautiful. Because they should be beautiful every day. Beauty is not on the outside, it's in the inside. It's how you act, it's your attitude. It's your persona. Thank you, listeners. Become a listener supporter. Tune in next time to listen to a genuine discussion with and for genuine folk. Remember, on this Black History Month, how black are you? Let's play ball and win. This is Taboo Winslow Morris, so owner and founder of Triumphant Athletic Agency, Confronting Garala Podcast, producer and author. And I am so proud that I am a black American. Black and proud, black and proud, black and I am so proud.